If you have your Bibles, I want you to look in Ecclesiastes 11.3. The final destiny of man is what our subject is tonight. And uh, if you look in 11.3 of Ecclesiastes, it's a very simple verse. The clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. Now the next phrase is what we are zeroing in on. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall lie, there it shall be. In the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. And if we were to examine this 11th chapter of Ecclesiastes all the way down to the 12th chapter and then into the 12th chapter, we would see that the writer here, Solomon, is speaking about death. He's speaking about death. As a tree falleth, so shall it lie. And what's being said here basically is how we are spiritually when we die is the way it's going to be for eternity. There's no purgatory, folks. No purgatory. You don't pray somebody out of purgatory. Now, I know there are religious bodies in the world that believe that if you've got a loved one that died and he was a sinner, she was a sinner and didn't live for God or didn't live right, that you can pay money to the that particular church and they'll be praying for him and they'll pray him out of purgatory. Purgatory is not even in the Bible. It's not even a Bible word. It's a pagan word. And you pray him out of purgatory and then into heaven. That's not true. That's not all. As a tree falleth, so shall it lie. That's the way it is. So there's no such thing as, as, as there being any kind of a purgatory, anything like that. Uh, my son and I were in Greece, in Athens, Greece, uh, several years ago, and we went to a, uh, a Greek Orthodox church. And I never will forget us going in there just to, we were observing and people were going in there and they were praying and they were praying for their loved ones who had died and they'd light candles and they'd buy candles and give money for every candle they'd give them a dollar or whatever the money system was or however they paid for it and then they would light those candles and that was their way of praying their loved one out of purgatory but that's not the way it happens so i'm going to go further into this with you here today and tell you what the bible teaches and what it's all about and I've got some real good things here to show you and give to you. Uh, go to Revelations 22.11, uh, 22, rather. Go to Revelations 22.11 with us. And uh, I want you to notice here that it says, He that is unjust. Now, chapter 22 of Revelation is the end of the Bible. You're right down at the end. You're only uh, 20 verses, 10 verses from being at the very end of the Bible. So you're at, the, you're at the end of everything. It says here, the 11th verse, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. This is the end now. This is the way it's gonna wind up. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Now, there's four classes of people mentioned here, but the first two are the wicked. There's two classes of wicked people. There's the unjust, and then there is the filthy wicked. 
Now, some people are just plain old mean, nasty, spirited people that's just mean as a snake. They'll get out in the street, get drunk, and curse and swear and spit tobacco juice everywhere and smoke cigarettes and get drunk on high on drugs and you name it. I mean, they're there. They're filthy wicked. But you've also got the wicked that sly. They, they can be wearing a suit. They can look so nice and so perfectly okay. But they're scheming. They're full of tricks. They'll beat their mother out of her last dollar if they had a chance. They just don't have any ethics. And they're the unjust type. I read about Adolf Hitler one time. Adolf Hitler never smoked cigarettes. Adolf Hitler had a German shepherd dog that dearly loved him. But he's one of the most wicked men that ever lived on planet Earth. You know that. Well know that. And so he would certainly be an unjust, uh, unjust wicked person. So I'm going to category these two categories, the unjust and the filthy, into one category of calling them the wicked. Because in the Bible from there on, it talks about how God deals with the wicked. Whether you're unjust or whether it's filthy, doesn't matter. God will deal with them in the end time. Now, I'm going to read this verse again. He that is unjust, let it be unjust still. He that is filthy, let it be filthy still. He that is righteous. Now, notice that. Let him be righteous still, and he that is holy, let him be holy still. Notice there's a distinction between the righteous and the holy. And I'm going to get into that and talk to you here about that because it's very important to understand the difference and where each one will wind up and end up in eternity. That's why we call it the final destiny of man. So I'm going to go here to... Uh, a, if you'll look with us, let me put my pen up there. And uh, we'll go to A here real quickly. I'm moving on. The unjust and the filthy are the wicked. B, the righteous are those who try to do what is right to the best of their knowledge. There are people that try hard to do what's right. It's just the righteous. They do what? They're not going to, they're not saved, but they try to do what's right. The world's full of people like that. And then the Bible talks about the holy, those who live up to all the spiritual light that God gives in their dispensation or that their frame of time that they live in. Uh, the Holy Ghost makes us holy. You cannot make yourself holy. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in us makes us holy, makes us a holy people. The Bible says about the prophets and the, the people of the Old Testament says, the holy men of old spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost would move on people in the Old Testament. Prophets, uh, David was a man uh, that God moved on. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were holy men because God would move on them. They did not have the Holy Ghost like you and I have it, and even Moses but God would move on them, and so they were the holy of that Old Testament. So in their period of time, they were the holy, and there were many and women as well. Not just, I'm naming the men, but there are many, many women as well. So there was a vast army of holy people in that Old Testament before you and I ever came along. Praise the Lord. And so today, there's going to be the, the holy, there's going to be the righteous, 
there's going to be in this world that we're living in today, and there's going to be the wicked in the world that we're living in right now even. Now, I'm going to move on here because I've got some things that I want to share with you. I'm going to put a chart up here on the board because I'm going to refer to this chart. And uh, this is a chart that that uh, I put together a number of years ago. And... Uh, And I'll refer to it just briefly here, and then I'm going to disguise it where you can't see the whole chart, but just the part I'm talking about. Uh, Sister Toops, where are you? Sister Toops, raise your hand. God bless her. She's the one that put this together in this fashion. Beautiful. Uh, I, I did a rough drawing, you know, real rough drawing, everything like that, and she put it together with a computer and has done other charts for me like that, and I deeply appreciate what she's done for me over the years. But this is the chart that I'm going to be talking to you about, and I'm going to move into that chart right now and talk to you about some things. So look with me if you would. I'm going to leave this for a little bit, but I'll leave it right on the, on the table there and refer to it. Now, this is the same chart that I just showed you, but now I've hidden some of the things so that we can concentrate on what I'm going to be talking to you here about start with. Everybody with me? All right. If I were to... Just leave it up there. Everybody be trying to look at the end and so forth. But I want you to notice this as we look at it right here. And uh, we're looking here at Revelations 22:11, which is what we just looked at. There are three kinds of people in the world, the unjust, the filthy, uh, and, uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm reading the chart. Yeah. Let me go here to this chart that I've got here. Let me move that. Okay, there we go. All right. The holy righteous and the wicked here. Now, these represent the holy righteous. This is the holy here. Here's a guy standing here, and he's got a big H on his chest. Here's a guy in a blue uh, suit. He's got an R on his chest, represents righteousness. And the other one's got a gray suit on. It represents wicked or W for wicked. Now, this is us or any person that's in that category alive today. And whenever we die, whenever we die, our body goes back to the grave, but our soul and spirit goes to God. Now, I want you to go with me here to, uh, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 25. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, brother. And that's in your notes. That's in your notes there. If I had your, if I, if you look on the notes there, it says the chart, holy, righteous, and wicked. We are made up of body, soul, and spirit. So if you turn to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23 with us right now. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And I think I can find it. Well, where is it? Hang on a minute. All right, I'll get there. All right. Look at verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. 
And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So notice here that Paul tells us that we have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. Now, what I've shown in the picture here is that here is the body, soul, and, and the spirit. Now, what I want to point out to you here is that the body is what you see. Everybody touch yourself. That's your body. Praise the Lord. That's of the earth earthly. Your soul is the you. That's your individuality. That's your difference between you and anybody else. The spirit, your spirit is your life. The spirit is the life to the soul and to the body. The Bible says that God breathed into man the breath of life. This is over in Genesis when he first made man, chapter 2 and verse 7. When he first made man, he breathed into man the breath of life and man became a living soul. He became a living being. But this life, the spirit, was what God put in him. So we have a body, it's what you see. We have a soul, which is what we, who we are. And that soul is forever. And we have a spirit that gives life to the soul. Everybody with me? And it's right here in the Word. Praise the Lord. So here in verse 23, uh, make sure that you make, make a note of that. A, we are made up of body, soul, and spirit. Now, B, I'm going to move on very quickly here. When we die, our body is buried. Our body is buried. And we all know that. Because the body is of the earth, earthly. It goes back to the earth. And our soul and spirit goes back to God for disposition. For God to put or place ever, however like he wishes. So what we have shown here to you is where that this soul goes back. Now, I want you to go to Ecclesiastes 12.4. This is in your notes there. This is the part of B here. This is the first scripture that is under B here, under part 2. And it says here, I'm going to Ecclesiastes 12.4. All right. Uh, 12.7, I'm sorry. Look at this. Everybody with us? Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. He's talking about death here. And the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Everybody with me? Remember that. Spirit goes back to God who gave it. It doesn't go into the ground. It goes back to God who gave it. The body goes into the ground. Uh, I'm going to give you some uh, another verse here. To go along with that, if you look as well, uh, look in, uh, look in First Kings 17. This speaks about the soul. This is where Elijah was staying at this woman's house. He, when he traveled, he'd go through there and he'd stay at her lodge there at their house. And she had a child. The child died. And Elijah came by there, and she was devastated because the child had died. This is what it says about what Elijah did. He took the child up into the loft where his room was, where that uh, her and her husband had pre prepared Elijah for a place that he could always stop and sleep there when he's traveling. He took him up to his bed. And this is what it says in verse 21. I'm reading here in 1 Kings 17:21. And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul 
come into him again. That's his life. That's his being, his person now. Come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. He revived. Uh, there's been numerous people who have been at the point of death, and they have had an experience where they see the Lord. And then they don't go ahead and go on into that world. They come back. Uh, we had an old preacher here years ago. When I was a young man, he was considered an old man. I think he was only about 60, but that was old to me then when I was a teenager or in my early 20s. And his name was Brother George Kristoff. How many of you people out there ever remember George Kristoff? I see several hands over here. There's a lot of hands. There's some hands over here. But he was a Bulgarian, had a strong accent, and a great preacher, a little short guy, powerful, uh, dynamic preacher, and a lot of fun just to be around him. But he had had a lot of experiences in the Lord. Uh, he was in the hospital dying in Pensacola. And uh, he was waiting, and they said, they don't know if we'll even make it through the night till morning. He was dying. And Brother Christoph told me this story personally and told it to others as well. But he says, in my at 2 o'clock in the morning, in the middle of the night, or sometime in the middle of the night, he saw the Lord coming toward him. The Lord was walking through this beautiful valley, just beautiful flowers, plants, flowers. And the Lord was walking to him, coming toward him. And he said, I looked and saw the Lord and I was so happy. And I put out my hands to go to the Lord. And the Lord was coming right to me. And he said, suddenly, the Lord put his hands up like this and said to me, not yet, not yet. And he said, I felt myself going back. And I said, no, Lord, I want to go with you. I want to go with you. And he said, I felt myself going back, going back. And I woke up in the hospital room. And when I woke up, I had all these tubes stuck in me everywhere, in my you know, leg, arms, you know, bottles around in the hospital. He said, I pulled them things out of my arm, pulled all them things out of my body, got up, put my clothes on. Bundled up all my goods and walked down, walked down the hall and went down the stairs. Or I don't know, I guess we just walked down the hall, wherever it was. And walked past the front there. They said, no, 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 you can't go out. You can't go out. You're not supposed to go out. You can't do this. You're not, you're not well. He said, I'm not going to die now. I'm sorry. I already know I'm not dead. I'm not going to die now. And he went out and he lived for several, I don't know, I mean, several years. He came here and preached for us a couple of times and told that story and everything. And then one day, I heard that George Kristoff was back in the hospital. He was sick, and he didn't come out that time. He passed on. He was like in up in his middle 90s. He was in his 80s whenever the, the Lord said, not yet. But what I'm pointing out to you here, praise the Lord, is that what he experienced was seeing the Lord and then the Lord saying it wasn't time for him to come. Now, a lot of people had experience because... There's a place that our soul and spirit go to. We go to be with the Lord. Now, I'm going to give you some other verses of Scripture here to substantiate all that. Look at James 2.26 in your Bible. James 2.26. And uh, 
For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So the, the body has got to have the spirit. The body has to have the spirit. So without the spirit is dead. But so the spirit leaves the body and it goes back to God who gave it. The spirit does in the soul. Look in Psalms 90.10. That's another verse that's in your notes there. I'm looking here at number 2 and B, part B. Psalms 90 and 10. Going, getting through these as quickly as possible because I've got some great things to share with you here. Look at great 10. The days of our years are threescore years and 10. That's 70. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, that's 80, Yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. That's our spirit and our soul that goes back to God who gave it. We fly away. So that's the way the Psalms terms it to be. Praise the Lord. Now I'm going to go to part C here. If you look and see in your notes there. God is God of the living. God is the God of the living. And not of the dead. So I'm going to move this paper here just a hair. And God is God of the living. So there's a place that the Lord lets us go to. Praise the Lord. I want you to look at Matthew 22:32. Matthew 22:32, real quickly here. Praise God. I am the God of Abraham. The God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So if Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were dead, that their body was dead, but they weren't. So they were alive somewhere. So that's what we're pointing out here. Look in Philippians 1.23. I'm giving you scripture here to substantiate these things. Philippians 1.23. For I am in a strait, this is Paul talking, I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. So Paul was saying, I'd like to just go ahead on. I'd like to go ahead on. Having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, for he knew that whenever he went on, if he died or whatever would happen to him, that he'd be with the Lord. Do you understand here that this, the soul and the spirit goes back to God who gave it? Praise the Lord. And uh, look in 1 John 3, 3 and 2. 1 John 3 and 2. Well, here we go. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not appear what we shall be. No, but we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I'll come back to that in a few moments. I think I'm in the wrong uh, passage of scriptures here. I want to go to 2 Corinthians 5, 8. I'm, my apologies. My apologies, brother. 2 Corinthians 5, 8. Okay, that's, that's where we want to go. <laughs> We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body. This is Paul still talking. And to be present with the Lord. And so he's letting you know here that he had just soon all 
uh, he liked to just go ahead on. This is another verse where Paul says that I just soon go ahead on, but I know that it's profitable for me to stay here and to be with you. Praise the Lord. So this is like a Corinthian. Now, let me explain to you where we go when we die. And uh, this is why I had turned this page here. Look at 2 Corinthians, and this is 12.4. And this is also number three on your chart. Now, is, is anybody confused yet? <laughs> Are you still with me? All right. I'm on number three here on your final destiny of man handout paper. Paradise, three, paradise, and third heaven. Look at 2 Corinthians 12 and 2. 2 Corinthians 12 and 2. All right. Now look at this very closely here. Paul describes a situation that happened to him whenever he was in a city called Lystra. And in Lystra, Paul, when he was preaching the gospel, was stoned to death. He was stoned. And they took him out. They took him out away from the town. They wanted to worship Paul. And Paul said, no, no, no. He and, uh, and Barnabas, I think it was. They said, no, 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 no. And he said, no, you can't worship us. We're not. You're not. And he wouldn't let them. And then the people got mad at him. And they decided to stone him to death. Because they thought he had done some healing and they wanted to worship Paul and they wouldn't let him do it. So they took Paul out here and they stoned him outside the city of Lystra, outside the city there. And this is what had happened. So I want you to look at number verse 2, 12, 2. I knew, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. This had happened 14 years before and Paul was referred to his experience as though it was somebody else. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body. I don't know what condition I was in when all this happened. I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. Now, Paul went on to say here that he's not going to glory in himself. So he's just telling you as though it was, a, as though it was somebody else that happened to him. And uh, it goes on to say here then, such a one caught up to the third heaven. Verse 3. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, he repeats it now. I cannot tell. God knoweth. Verse 4. How that he was caught up into paradise. So we know from that that third heaven and paradise is the same place. It's a place. And heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. He goes on to say in verse 4, of such and one will I glory, yet not in myself. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say it's me, but he was talking about himself because we know what the, the history of Paul was and where that was 14 years before. I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. Now what Paul is saying that he was caught up into this place called the third heaven or a place called paradise. So we'll just use the term paradise. Third heaven, and Paul was caught up there. And this is where the soul and the spirit go whenever they are of God. If they are the righteous, holy or the righteous, we go back to God who gave it, as it pointed out in Ecclesiastes 12, 7. And then God puts them in a place called paradise. And that's where we, our soul and our spirit abides until the resurrection. Until the resurrection. Now. 
There is one other factor here that I have to bring out to you. And that is that the wicked also goes back. The soul and the spirit go back to the body is put in the grave. The soul and the spirit goes back to God. The whole and the righteous go to paradise. But the wicked go to hell. Now look in Mark and chapter 9 if you would. Mark chapter 9. And that is uh, number 3 there if you look on your chart. I mean on your, your paper. Number three, paradise, third heaven, the righteous old man. Look at hell, A, hell, where the wicked go following death. And this is Mark 9, 43. I'm giving you scripture here. So look at Mark 9, 43 with us here. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. He's saying is if your hand offends you and does something wicked and mean, it's better to take it off than it is for your whole body or soul to go into hell. Look at verse 44. Where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. This is the Lord now. This is the Lord speaking here. Verse 45, and if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life, into, uh, halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell in the fire that never shall be quenched. Verse 46, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Re repeats verse 44 there. Verse 47, and if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the life of blind than to having two eyes cast into the fire. Verse 48, where their worm dieth not in the fire is not quenched. Three places it says that. Now, notice here is talking about, let me just say one thing here. The Bible says another place, do thyself no harm. The Lord's not really talking about taking your hand off. Because in another place he says that it's not what that goeth into the man that follows the man is that that cometh out. For out of the heart cometh all these wicked and these imaginations and these evils out of the heart. So what we have to do is cleanse the heart. It's not the hand. It's not the eye. It, you know, you decide how you look, where you look, what you look at, you know. You know, you, you decide what you look at. And uh, so you don't go plucking out your eye because you're, you're looking at porno. You just ask God to take all that out of your heart and throw all that mess away if, if, there's, if there's anybody guilty of it. It's not anybody I know of. But I hope not. But anyhow, I'm talking to the men. Ladies, relax. Talking to all you guys right now. But whatever. Just get rid of all that mess. But it's not, it's not your eye. It is what's in your heart. You understand what I'm saying here? The same thing with the feet. So what he is saying here and pointing out here that there is a hell, however, and that there's a place. Now, I can give you other scriptures on that. There's other scriptures in other parts of the New Testament where the Lord talks about a hell, talks about Lazarus and the rich man, and the rich man went to Abraham's went to Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man went to hell. And in the flames, he lifted up his voice and said, "Lord, you know, and these flames, I'm tormented, and so forth." I won't go any further with that. But there's other scriptures that talks about hell. So we know from those verses of scripture, and remember, they're the words of Jesus, that there is a hell that the wicked go to whenever they die. Now. Let me turn this page here. 
The next major event to take place in the world that we know of that's a spiritual, that's a dynamic spiritual event. I know there's going to be revival. There's going to be people getting saved. There's going to be healings and all of that. But we're talking about major things that's going to happen to the church. And that will be the coming of the Lord. The Bible said after two days, he will revive the church. He will revive the Israel. A day with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. I think it's Hosea 6, 2, where it says after two days he will revive us. So I'm just pointing out to you is time. We're in, we're in 2022 now. And uh, it's time for the Lord to come back. I don't know when he's coming. No man knoweth the day nor the hour. The Bible says at a time that you think not. But the Lord is coming back for his church and for his people, folks. And this will be the first resurrection. First resurrection. Now, I'm going to talk to you about it because this will be the, what we call and what we know of as the rapture of the church. And this is whenever the, the right, the holy only, not the righteous, the holy, they are reunited with the body and there's a resurrection that happens. And they come before the Lord and it's called the incorruptible. And then those that are alive on the earth, which is called the mortal, they shall be made immortal. The corruptible shall be made incorruptible. Corruptible shall be made incorruptible. And the mortal shall be made immortal. And so the holy shall go in the rapture. That's why you need the Holy Ghost in your life. And you need to live for God, walk with God, and stay faithful to the Lord and all these kind of things. We'll get to the righteous in just a moment here. But let me just talk to you here about the holy. God wants us to be a holy people. Praise the Lord. He wants us to live holy. Act holy, walk holy, be holy in everything that we say and do, uh, and just just live for God and serve the Lord with all of your heart. Praise God. So uh, I'm going to move on here a little bit further here in our scriptures here. Uh, there's going to be the coming of the Lord. I want you to look with me and uh, let's see here. Let me get it right. Look in uh, Revelation chapter 20. Revelation 20. I'm in number four here on your chart, on your paperwork. The resurrection. Revelation 20 and 6. The holy are in the first resurrection. Now, I'm going to read to you Revelations 20 and 6. If you'll read that, look at that with me. Everybody there? Revelations 20 and 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests and kings of God and shall be reign with the Lord a thousand years. Now, uh, we were to read the preceding verse, the fifth verse, but the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. And then this is the first resurrection. And then the first resurrection, blessed and holy is he that part in the first resurrection, which is verse 6. Now, I'm pointing this out to you here to know that we are in the first resurrection. Now, to get a good, clear understanding of this rapture or first resurrection, I want you to go with me here to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And if you've got your Bibles right in the 15th chapter there, 
the, resur- the resurrection chapter. The whole 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians is all about the resurrection. It's a powerful. And I won't read. I'm not going to read all of just a few verses here. Look in 1520. Everybody say, Brother Myers, I'm with you. No, that's not strong enough. Say it again. Brother Myers, I'm with you. All right. Thank you. Now, don't, don't, don't wander. Don't let your mind wander. Stay with me on this one. You ready? Look at verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Jesus rose from the dead three days after he was put in the sepulcher. You know that. He rose from the dead. Jesus was the first fruits of the resurrection. But we are part of the first resurrection as well. So look down in verse 22. For as in Adam all dies, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. In Christ. I'll talk to you about that in just a moment. In Christ. But every man in his own order. Christ, the firstfruits. Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. So the Lord's coming back. So if we are Christ, we belong to him. We are his. The Lord is coming back for us. I'm going to read another verse of scripture here in 1 Corinthians, this 15th chapter here. Uh, go to verse 22 and 23, I believe it is. Let's see. First Corinthians 15, 20, 22. 20. I just read that. A look at 49 is where I want to go. Verse 49. This is still chapter 15, verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, which is like Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly, which is Jesus. Now I'm going to verse 51. I'm trying to save time here by skipping some verses. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That is, we're not going to all die, but we all, but we shall all be changed. Look at verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. Now, this is talking about the rapture here. The twinkling of an eye. That's how fast it will happen, folks. The rapture will happen that fast. Somebody said, how fast will it be? Just that fast. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That's we which are living. That's what he's talking about. Verse 53, for this corruptible, that's the dead, must put on incorruption. And this mortal, that's the alive, must put on immortality. So when this corruption shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? So this is giving us a little picture here of the rapture of the church and the coming of the Lord in that fashion. Praise the Lord. Now, go to 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians 4. Yeah, let me find it. I got so many notes here. I... All right, stay with me here. 
question is okay, this must be it. All right. All right, here we go. <laughs> I'm sorry. First Thessalonians four thirteen. Everybody with me? But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Asleep meaning they have died in Christ. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. That's, that means that they'll be resurrected just before us. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will not pre-event. That word prevent is pre-event, uh, which means it will not happen before them. The coming of the Lord shall not pre-event them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Folks, and this is our hope. Thank God for the hope that we have. Don't fail God. Don't get out in this old world. Keep on living for God. Keep on walking with the Lord. Keep on believing the truth. Stay with the word. The word is going to be fulfilled every bit of it every i every little every little comma will be fulfilled in the word of god as the bible have, has told uh, told us that it would be praise the lord so the lord would help us to know that now a there and your notes there says a talks about what kind of body we'll have i won't read these verses because time's getting away from us but the bible says that we shall have a glorified body like as unto his glorified body we do not yet know how we shall appear but we'll be like him but we shall see him as he is you can look up those scriptures. That's in Philippians 3.21 and 1 John 3.5. Now, I want to go to the white throne judgment here. This is the last one here. Now, I'm going to give out this paper. Give out those papers. This is the chart that I'm going to give you right now. This is what you're going to be looking at. I'm going to give everybody, if you don't want one, you don't have to take one. But I'm going to give you this right now. And... Uh, while you're getting this, I'm going to be talking to you about it because I'm going here to number five in your notes. Acts 17.31. Acts 17.31. Praise God. All right. Because he hath appointed a day in which he shall judge the world. I'm talking about the white throne judgment. One day, one day, the Lord is going to have a white throne judgment. After the rapture takes place, and there the era here represents the rapture, then there's the tribulation period that's coming on the earth. That'll be somewhere between seven, 14 years. I don't know, somewhere's in there. I have no idea. We... Somewhere around seven, four, just a short period of time. After that's going to be a thousand years of peace on the earth, in which the Jews shall rule and reign in Jerusalem. I won't get into that. But the end of the world, when the end of the world comes, God's going to set up a white throne judgment. I'm reading here from this scripture in Revelation 17, 
and 31, 1731. Everybody with me there? Because he hath appointed a day in which he would judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. Now, this is just one verse. I could give you that many, many verses in the Bible talks about the white throne judgment and uh, in different places where it talks about Solomon even talked about it. That's going to be, he said, when I saw all the wickedness in the world, I knew there had to also be a white throne judgment of God. Now, I want to move on a little further because I know my time's getting away from me here. But I want you to look at John chapter 5 and 28. John 5, 28 with me. Look at this. We're talking about the white throne judgment. When God judges the world. Now, at the white throne judgment, the righteous and the wicked... The righteous will come from paradise, the wicked will come from hell, and they will be reunited with the body and stand before God to be judged. God will judge them in the flesh, in the body. The Bible states that in Revelation chapter 21. God will judge the world in, in the body, in the bodies, so that nobody can ever say, Oh, Lord, in my body, I did all those sins. But in my, that's because of my body, and so... But you stand there in your body. Now, you say, Brother Byron, wait a minute. Some people are cremated. Some people are buried at sea. The fish should eat them all up. Hey, don't worry about it. God knows how to give us a resurrected body. Can I just say that? If God can make the universe, if he can make everything the way it is, he will give us the right resurrected body to stand before him. Praise the Lord. And this resurrected body we'll have will be a glorified body if we're already dead and we could go on and be with the Lord. So don't even try to figure it out. Paul told us all those things. Paul's been dead 2,000 years. And so has Peter. And so has all the apostles. I'm just trying to say here, don't even try to figure it out. Just remember this. It's in the Word and it's going to be fulfilled just like God said. Now I'm going to move on here so that our time doesn't catch us here. Uh, look in... John 5 and 28. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. Everybody say all. all. And shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Now, that's the words of Jesus. And uh, we could go... Even further into it, I'm trying to save time here because I know our time is getting away from us. But if you'll also look in Matthew 25, uh, 31, Matthew 25, 31. Uh, eh, I don't. All right. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit on the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Notice that. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now this is where God is separating the wicked from the righteous. Now, this is not the church. 
These are just good people that have tried to do the best they could all through time on the face of this earth. They're just the righteous people, and God judges them between what's right and what's good. And if you can't live for God now, you definitely, definitely are not going to be one of the ones that will stand with God with the righteous. If you can't live for God when God has given you every advantage to be a holy person. So we've got to walk with God, serve God with all of our heart and soul now. The Bible said, if you cannot contend with a footman, how can you contend with horses? So nobody's going to say, oh, well, uh, I didn't make the rapture, so I'll just uh, be good. And I'll go, no, you won't, because you, you're going to go through. Tribulation is going to be people, the whole world go with the Antichrist and all that kind of stuff. I won't get into all those things. But I'm just trying to tell you here today that if we walk with God and stay faithful to the Lord, God will bless us. Look at verse 41 here in that same Matthew chapter 25. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, the left hand now, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Notice this, that hell is, or the lake of fire is prepared for the devil and his angels, not for man. But if man is wicked enough to choose to go there, that's where he's going to go with the devil and the angels that go there. The, the fallen angels I'm talking about. And then he goes on to talk about, and then verse 46, And these shall go in, go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. So there's going to be the separation of the righteous. Now, I won't give you scripture here, but you can look at it so it's on your chart. Did you, everybody get a chart? Get, did you get a diagram like this? Okay. You got the diagram that's yours to keep. Uh, I want you to notice here the holy city here, and the Bible talks about in Revelation 21, 19, the holy city is where the right, the, the, the holy will go. The new earth is where the righteous will go. And here's all the scriptures involved here. I don't have time to read all of them to you. But it says that the new earth is where the righteous will go. And, of course, the wicked will go into the lake of fire here. Uh, there is a, a portion of the scriptures there I want to show you here. Let's see. Well. Yes, 19. Go to Revelation 19. Go to Revelation 19. I want to show you this. Revelation. I'm going way over to the end of the book now. Revelation 19. I'm sorry. Revelation is 20 and verse 11. 20, 11. 2011, that's 10, thank you. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was, no, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. When it says the books were open, that's the Bible. That's a series of books, 66 books in all. And then it says another book is over, which is the book of life. And, uh, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. That's this book here, according to their works. Now notice that, you see, the holy, we're saved by faith, saved by grace and that through faith. 
But at the white throne judgment, it'll be by their works that they will be the judge righteous or wicked. Now, verse 13, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead that were in them. They were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So this is talking about those that were on, that would be like the goats and the sheep that would be separated and so forth. And it goes on to say in chapter 21, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. <clears throat> verse 22, look at verse 2, rather. I'm here in 21.2 of Revelation. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And that's where you and I will go, folks. I'm jumping over here to verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. This is where you and I go. The Bible goes on to describe it. Uh, it's to be a cube. And you'll have a mansion over there. There won't be no cabins on this side of glory land. And everything will be mansions there. And we'll have a mansion there, folks. On the earth will be a righteous people that will live forever on this earth righteously. That'll be nice. But, folks, what God has prepared for you and I who will live holy for him is beyond what the mind can grasp and comprehend. And I just want you to tell you here today, don't let us lose what we have. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming back for a people that's without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a people he loves. And you're his people. You're his church. We're part of a great body of believers in the world today. Besides those who have already gone on. Praise the Lord. And God has something great for those who will walk with him and serve him. And we don't know how far away long it is. We don't know. And I just want to tell you here today, don't lose what you've got. Hold on fast. Praise the Lord. For one day the Lord is coming back. Has this helped you to understand where are the dead and the holy, righteous, and wicked? All right. God love you. Let's stand together. Let's give God the praise and the glory and thank him, him for our time together here tonight. You've been a great audience. God bless you. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We praise you, God. We glorify your wonderful name. Thank you for your people. Thank you for the church. Thank you for every believer, Lord. Don't let us, Lord, lose what we have in you. You're everything to us, God. We are nothing without you. Jesus, bless your word, bless your spirit in our lives. Keep us, God, from, from, from day to day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.